Guys, I'm tempted to read this whole chapter, uh, all of Exodus chapter 12, but it's a long chapter. Uh, As most of you know, uh, I have been using uh, Exodus 12 for months now um, as, as the basis on the teaching in preparation for the Lord's Supper. But I, I won't read it all, um, but let me kind of bring you um, up to where we are. Let me just give you, the, uh, hopefully, a very brief uh, historical sketch and summary. The book of Exodus opens um, with Joseph having died and the uh, government of Egypt turning on Joseph's family. You know, um, Joseph's family has expanded and now Egypt is afraid of them. And so they legislate that all the newborn sons must be murdered. Um, Into that setting is born a guy by the name of Moses. And uh, Moses' mother puts him in a little basket and floats him down the river. And and the daughter of Pharaoh finds him and and gets the child and raises Moses as her own. Uh, As a young adult, Moses um, murders... An, an Egyptian because the Egyptian was abusing a Jew. As a result of that crime, Moses runs. He runs to the backside of a mountain and there uh, God appears to him in that burning bush scene. You remember that? That's in Exodus chapter 3. And, um, and says to Moses, okay, Moses, uh, I got a job for you. You're going to need to go back to, uh, to Egypt and you're going to be the deliverer. You're going to be the one that gets my people out of Egypt. Um, so he goes back, um, and then they perform those ten, those 10 miracles, those plagues. You remember that? There's the fleas and the frogs and the, and the cattle dying and the blood in the river and all that. But the last of those plagues is, of course, the night that um, the firstborn of Egypt was all killed because they didn't have blood on their doorpost. And that's what's in this chapter that, that last plague is in this chapter, Exodus chapter 12. So as a result of that horrible occurrence of losing all the firstborn in Egypt, Pharaoh finally says, okay, I've had enough. Go, go, get out. T- take what you want, just get out. And of course, uh, Israel, or the, the sons of, well, they're, they're not really, they're not really a nation yet, but they, they plunder Egypt. And ask for clothing and gold and and Egypt is plundered and they're on their way out. It's that night, that very significant night, that is the subject of Exodus chapter 12. You know, guys, there there are a few passages, a few chapters that are pivotal in, in the scriptures. And this is one of them. This is the night that Egypt or that Israel becomes a nation. When she is forced out or catapulted out of Egypt. Now, right as they're leaving, this is what we find. This is what is said. I'm going to read to you. My text is verses 40 through 42. But hopefully you know at least the context in which these words are said. It says this. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord. 
to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this same night is a night of watching, kept to the Lord by all the peoples of Israel throughout their generations. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, it endures forever. Guys, this night of departure that I've told you about and briefly read you about had been 430 years to the day since the arrival of Jacob and his family. You remember um, awaiting them in Egypt was Joseph, Joseph who had been sold into slavery, uh, but he had arisen to the right hand of Pharaoh to manage that seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And as a result of those seven years of famine, the, the family of Jacob, the family of Jacob moves into Egypt to be cared for by their brother who they had earlier sold into slavery. Their arrival was 3430 years to the day uh, before this night that we're reading about. Israel's history as a nation dates from, from this night that I just read you about. Um, it is called, of course, the Exodus. It's a word that simply means the way out. Exodos. Odos means way, ex means out. Uh, the Exodos, that is Exodus. That's the way out. The, 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 this night that Yahweh brought Israel out and set them free on their way, finally on their way to the promised land. This, this great act of deliverance that finally is fleshed out here in Exodus 12, this, this deliverance from the slavery of Egypt, this deliverance uh, was accomplished completely by, by God himself and, and was, at his instructions, never to be forgotten. Per his instructions, the events of this night were to be memorialized so that Israel would never forget them. You'll see those words in, in verse 42, throughout the generations. Because it was important to God that Israel never forget these events that led to their deliverance. Now, to accomplish that, that is to accomplish um, an everlasting reminder that they wouldn't forget, God goes on to give them some very specified instructions that a drama was to be instituted and observed annually. Um, in some circles, uh, that drama is called an ordinance. In some circles, it's called, it's called um, a sacrament. I, I choose to call it a drama. <laughs> which is kind of consistent with who I am, but uh, I choose to call it a drama because it was a, it was a supper that had an appointed script. Certain people read certain things or said certain things in this drama. It had an assigned role. The, the, younger, the, the eldest son had a role. The father had a role. People had roles. And then they had these, these specified props um, that were to be included in this in this meal, it was called, of course, the Passover, um, a meal which, as you know, continues 
to this present day. Now, each of the movements in this drama, called the Passover, um, were designed to remind them of things that happened on this night. The one I'm reading about in Exodus 12. These these things that go on in the Passover are supposed to be illustrative of things that happened that night so that they would be, their memories would be refreshed. Um, For instance, it was to contain unleavened bread. No yeast in that bread at Passover because it's a reminder that they had to leave in a hurry. They had to grab their things before the the yeast had seeped through the dough and they they had to run out in in haste. Did you know at it, it, it Passover there's this, I guess, a container of bitter herbs? You know what that's supposed to remind? Of the bitter affliction of being, of being um, uh, in bondage to, uh, to, to Egypt. And then, of course, in this Passover, which is somewhat tragic, in this Passover is a lamb. The significance of which has, has been missed by Israel and continues to be missed. By Israel. That lamb, of course, we would suggest is pointing to the unblemished lamb who would come through the womb of Mary. This meal, this, this sacramental meal, this drama was to serve as a reminder of all that God had done. These, these moments of deliverance that are described in Exodus 12 were never to, be, never to be forgotten. They had spent their last night as bricklayers. No one would ever come knocking on their door and take their firstborn and murder it ever again. No, no, no. They were free. But guys, being free meant that they had a whole new set of challenges now. A whole new set of enemies awaited them. Free? Yes. But out of danger? Oh, oh no. Who knew what, what awaited them? Just around the next corner or just over the top of this next hill. Um, but God says, well, I, I, I freed you, so you're on your own now. No. No, that's exactly what he doesn't do, guys. God, God has brought this people to himself... Uh, a people of his of his own possession, and now he will he will care for them. He will protect them. He will watch out for them. He will watch over them. Um, the, the delivery part is over, and now the watching part begins. Let me show you what I mean by that. If you still got your Bibles open, look over at uh, chapter thirteen uh, of Exodus, verses seventeen and eighteen. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. This is 1317. Although that was near, for God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Do you see what's happened here, guys? God is leading them out. They're delivered now. They're on their way to the promised land. And God says, well, I'm not going to lead them the short way. Because the short way, it may be shorter, but it's not as safe. Um, I can't lead them the short way because they might see battle. They might get discouraged to go back to Egypt. So I'm going to lead them the long way. But do you see 
He's leading them. He also has them armed for battle. They're, 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 they're ready to, for, for a fight that just may await them. Now, guys, hopefully, my brother and sister in Christ, um, all of what I've said will help you better understand what we're doing here today as we observe this sacrament. If you, if you, if you can't connect those dots, let, let, me, let me connect three of them for you just quickly and then we'll get to the sacrament. First of all, my soul's history dates from the night of my conversion. Um, the night of my deliverance from my own bondage to sin, accomplished wholly by God. For me, that happened when I was 22 years old. When did it happen for you? You don't know? That's no problem, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a question of whether you know the date. It's a question of whether you're alive now. But my soul's history begins, just like Israel's did on the night of my deliverance. Secondly, guys, being a Christian now doesn't mean that my life is without enemies. It's, um, it's not without battle. It's not without hardship. So this text and the thing that drew me to it was this repetition of these words. It was a night of watching. It was a night of watching. God has brought me to himself. And he continues, he continues to watch over me. Have you ever heard of deism? You know what deism is? Our third president, Thomas Jefferson, at best was a deist. And deism said this, that God was an absentee landlord. That God wound up the universe and then he threw it, flung it out there and just said, unwind, you're on your own, I'm off to other places. That's not what this text says. It says that once God had delivered me, he continued to watch over me. It was a night. I'm not going to steer him this way. No, no, no. That might be more convenient. But if he goes that way, he might get himself in trouble. I better steer him this way. And I better make sure that he's armed for battle. And, and he gives me that equipment so that he understands that there's enemies out there. I've got, I've delivered him all right. But now I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to watch over him. My brother and sister in Christ, you this very night, you this very day, are living in a day of watching. One other thing. No matter how far you may have come in this Christian journey of yours, it's always good to come back here. It's always good to be reminded of a bleeding Savior. Let them criticize and say, well, that's just monotonous. I mean, all those people, that's the only thing they ever preach over there is this. They, they only preach one thing. Guilty is charged. And the one thing that we preach is Christ and him crucified.
And if we ever stray off that message, this sacrament brings us back. Christ and him crucified on display in this sacrament. Our Father, I do pray that you will meet us now, that you will remind us of all that you've done to deliver us. And it is summarized in these two elements. What you did to deliver undeserving people like me is that you sent a Savior who, whose body was broken and blood was shed so that we might be set free from our bondage and put on our way to the promised land, knowing that the ever-watchful eye of our Heavenly Father was upon us. Now, Father, would you meet us here and remind us of that event that led to our deliverance? We pray it in Jesus' name.